0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for another day and it's been open for around about 15 minutes. So it's time for the opening. And this morning I'm speaking to Nick Kunza from Sannam Private. Wealth. Now, I was trying to speak to you just before the opening so we could uh, capture the drama of another positive day. But you're on a a Zoom call. I must download Zoom. Is it quite good? Is it better than Skype?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's 10 times better. It's it's a very, very slick piece of kit, actually. And um, it's quite a clever setup. It allows up to 100 people to participate, I guess, in inverted commas, in like a virtual meeting room.
0: I don't know 100 people.
1: And, um, as the host, I I normally host it, and you allow people to sort of come into the meeting. You have an option where there's like a chat room in the corner so people can put questions through to the group. It's very slick. Huh? You must actually try it. And the I think nowadays with um, the way they've structured it, it doesn't use as much bandwidth as, as other sort of like Skype calls and that. So very clear uh, very good. I've been using it every morning. I'm a big fan. Um, can I? Can I make? I mean, like, fan. No. I wish I bought the share price. Yeah.
0: With Skype, I can phone someone via Skype with my subscription. Can I do the same thing with Zoom, or is it just a meeting? No, uh, you can't. Platform?
1: It's a meeting. So, so what you do is you schedule a meeting. You have to. So you send an invite. That invite contains a pin number and a meeting sort of ID.
0: Yeah.
1: And you log on to your onto your Zoom app, and then you can basically join the meeting. Um. Where it does work quite well, though, is that if there's like the various versions, if you've got the professional version, you can put these meetings into people's Outlook diaries, etc. You, know, you can forecast meetings months ahead, so it's very good. I, can't, I thoroughly recommend it. It's a <laughs> can't forecast
0: anything hours ahead, let, let alone months no, ahead. Not in these markets, but for no. example, we're speaking to David Shapiro tonight on the five o'clock shadow. Mm. Could we zoom that meeting and could I record it, for example? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Let's try it tonight. Can record the meeting. You can have a video call as well. No, thanks. Um, so, Well, exactly. So you, you can have a cho- uh, choice. To, we don't use video because it's obviously you don't want to see other... Because you're ugly. ...pajamas too early in the morning. 100%. Face, face for Skype, not for Zoom. Right. And, that's, and, uh, and uh, let's give it a go. Okay, let's we'll go. give it, it, go like you can, you can give it a go later. You can guide me through
0: This is the opening, and we've been rambling on about uh, yet another platform... It's 15 minutes in and I'm looking at the S&P futures, Nick Kunza, and they look pretty good to me. They're up around about 2%, which is fantastic. And is it because of optimism regarding uh, COVID-19? I think it must be.
1: I think it must be. Uh, They were down five points when I sent out a morning note to my clients this morning, and they're now up 52 points. That's a huge reversal. um, Gaining on from yesterday's big day. In fact, the S&P 500 yesterday, um, we seem to be making history every day, it was the third best day, I think, on the S&P since the Second World War. Um, as a return. The Dow Jones not far behind Asian markets this morning too. Uh, and yes, I think a, a lot of optimism uh, coming through as, as I guess, traders and investors are looking through uh, what could be a catastrophic earnings season. They're looking through the other side and seeing uh, the fact that, uh, I don't know, I guess we're all learning stuff now about, uh, about flattening curves as opposed to mm. PE ratios. Um, and that curve is potentially flattening. And I saw some quite positive stuff. I mean, Austria, for example, uh, your side of the world at the moment, uh, they t- say they're going to open up for business after Easter, and they were one of the few similar to South Africa that had a total lockdown, and in fact, very similar to SA in, in that they were going to uh, uh, find people who came out their rooms, they were going to introduce the police were on the streets, uh, and all sense of purposes seems, seems to be uh, – first glance, working. So maybe that bodes well for us in SA if we can look to see what Austria's done. But they look like they're going to be getting out just after Easter and uh, the shops are slowly, a limited response, going to be opening up.
0: I've had a very interesting morning this morning. I spoke to David Buick from, from London. He's with a company called Aquis, have a listen to the, the podcast on strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Uh, David Buick, fantastic. He said that he sees minus 15 to minus 30% uh, GDP numbers in the in the next few months. He does think that we will, as people keep on saying, come out the other side, although he didn't employs, uh, employ that phrase. Uh, but he was very, very interesting on matters like Boris Johnson. Commercial property, one thing he did say, which is very interesting and also very obvious, but he puts it in such a good way that it suddenly smacked me in the face. Commercial property, we don't need it anymore. He says places like the City of London will have to reinvent themselves because of all this office space. We simply have proved that we don't need commercial property, property anymore. And he says that commercial property prices, as he put it, are going to cascade to the downside. You have to listen to this chap. He's brilliant.
1: Mm. No, well, look, I, I do agree with the first option. I think you know, it's, it's one thing having optimism, in, in inverted commas, looking through the current cycle. But I mean, the PM numbers that are coming out of, of certain parts of the Eurozone, of America, the manufacturing numbers, uh, the GDP numbers that David Bjork was referring to, I mean, I've seen some indications anywhere down to 45% down, I think JP Morgan calling on the US. It's difficult to ignore that. And to see a market rally, what is it now, close to 30% in the last couple of weeks? I'm, I'm all for optimism and I'm all for, uh, for the green on my screen. But I do think we don't need, we can't run a little bit ahead of ourselves here, Lindsay. I think there's, there's a lot of pain to come, and we haven't even seen the, the sort of common effects of not only in earnings uh, in earnings uh, recession, but effectively some companies which have zero earnings. They've shut their doors for the last couple of weeks, so mm. that's still going to filter through. So, but just bear that in mind when you look at this, this nice green Tuesday morning.
0: Quite right. And I also um, uh, saw an interview with Sir Khaleesi on BBC Breakfast this morning and he was upbeat and he was putting out a message. I mean, the second time he's inspired me, apart from the fact that he beat England, the fact is that he's an inspirational uh, South African leader. And he was on the breakfast show this morning and uh, everyone was lauding him and he he just, uh, you know, you, you listen to him and you think, yeah. Things are not bad. Things aren't that bad. If he can be so upbeat, then why can't we all be so upbeat? Mm. I suppose he's in a more privileged position than most people in South Africa. Let's have a look at um, let's have a look at the markets. Let's start off with the markets because they're looking pretty good as well. That euro yesterday was 2070, or the uh, euro-rand was 2070, and SASA was in the low 40s. And I'm going to come to both of those in a moment. If I can possibly press my the correct button, Nick, uh, market data spot prices. Here we go, starting with the currencies. And it's a good morning for the South African rand after a torrid, torrid couple of weeks. The dollar rand is now 1840. What was the low
1: on the rand? Wasn't it
0: 1934 yesterday?
1: 1934 yesterday? Correct. It was 1934. New low against the dollar rand. 1832 on my screen at the moment. So literally a one rand swing, which is Quite huge. extraordinary, actually, absolutely huge. huge yeah,
0: down. British pound against the rand, twenty-two seventy. Euro rand is twenty on the noggin. The euro dollar is one hundred eight seventy-three. So that's a dollar that's weaker by point point seven percent. Last night in the United States, the Dow Jones rallied to the tune of seven and three quarters percent to twenty-two thousand six hundred and seventy-nine. It was well below uh, twenty thousand when we struck that bet. When it was twenty thousand five hundred.
1: Oh uh, uh, yes, I'll, looking at looking at claiming our bets quite shortly. It's two and a half thousand points away. Let's oh. move
0: on from that term and go to: <laughs> S&P was up seven percent, the Nasdaq up seven and a third percent. Uh, the FTSE yesterday was up um, three point five percent. Uh, looking forward to that opening quite soon. The um, far east this morning looked like this: the Hang Seng up one and two, th- uh, sorry, one point eight percent. Shanghai up two percent, Nikkei up two percent as well. So very, very good day indeed on the commodities markets. The gold price, look at this thing, sixteen sixty-two, which is unchanged in the morning but <coughs> has gone up um, twenty dollars over mm. overnight. Uh, platinum is up nine and a half to seven forty-nine. Where's Palladium, please, Nick Kunzer?
1: Uh, sitting at twenty, sorry, sitting at two thousand two hundred dollars an ounce. That's one point seven five percent firmer, or thirty seven dollars up.
0: Okay, and two grades of crude oil, please: the West Texas Intermediate, which is the inferior mm. quality, and uh, the Brent crude oil, which is, of course, the king of crudes. <laughs>
1: Okay, so West Texas, we are now sitting at twenty seven dollars and five cents. It's up three point six eight percent. Uh and the 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 king of oils is sitting at three percent up, um, thirty four dollars and seven. Bearing in mind this was close to uh Below 20s less than a week ago. So extraordinary moves.
0: And the WTI was below 20 to was three, was three weeks ago. On so they call what it 90, it's about a 30, 40% rally in a, in a matter of a so couple
1: 40, of weeks. It's a 40% rally bearing in mind they were due to sit with OPEC yesterday. We discussed this on your show last night. Mm-hmm. That has now been pushed back I Put this in inverted commas, penciled in for Thursday, but we know the Rushis and the, uh, the Rushkies and the, the Saudis probably won't sit at the same table on Thursday. But it depends on the Thursday. But, of course, off the back of that, um, a huge respite for a lot of these energy firms because at 19, 20, 22, whatever it is, dollars per barrel, I would say... Something like 90% of the oil component that producers out there cannot make money at that level; they basically lose money. So this is a huge uh, welcome relief for all those oil producers out there. It's a little bit, a little, still a little bit under where the shale producers they break even around about forty forty two dollars. Um, so Mr. Trump is slowly getting his wishes to get those guys back on stream, but uh, certainly welcome relief. Welcome relief at the moment. Now, interestingly enough, Lindsay just, just commented, "It's quite funny. Yeah, it's amazing how the the risk." Sort of barometers change because i mean traditionally a lower oil price for the world is a good thing right I mean, yeah we need cheap course. energy but right now it's almost a play of risk in that when the market sees oil rising it's it's possibly a sign that the, the earth is turning again and people need oil because the world is back on its feet so the irony is right now a high oil price actually means positive for equities. Yeah, the strange upside down world we live in currently.
0: Indeed, EOH Holdings Limited has been a strange upside and downside stock for a while. It's up uh, 14% at the moment, having released its unaudited, interim, condensed, consolidated financial statements for the six months ended 31st of January. I'm not going to go through them because, quite honestly, and it's no disrespect to EOH, I'm not interested. Uh, But the share price interests me, 350, up 14%.
1: Up 40 percent look this is in line with gardens from a few days ago we spoke about it um, i don 't know lost headline loss of three round ninety five a share and the shares trading at three round forty one so it 's losing more than its share prices I, I i mean this is this is very much a i guess for me it 's a binary outcome I mean they lost look their is a little bit better than expected, but you know a loss of this magnitude and a and a half year loss per share of I think 6 rand, 87. You've got a question of this is even an ongoing concern. But uh, for me, binary outcome, either this thing goes to zero or it recovers and Mr. van Collier and his team turn this thing around. But right now, I would would classify this particular share as highly speculative.
0: Big news this morning is that the South African Reserve Bank has um, asked... Asked um, banks not to no, pay dividends. Like fool, In other words, saying no. well, don't pay dividends. It's advising them against paying dividends, but it's basically saying don't. Pay dividends. South African bank stocks mm. fall over four percent after central bank advises against dividends. Give me the latest on the banks, the, the top four, top six, whichever you want to
1: difficult, do. Difficult, difficult, yeah, Lindsay, difficult to, to figure out what to do with this because banks are a huge cornerstone of most South African and pension funds equity um, sort of holdings. I mean this, yes. these guys are traditionally big dividend payers, that's why you hold them. You know, they're well capitalized. This is not certainly South African banks historically have even been more uh, sort of better capitalized than most of its European peers. Uh, banks this morning, ABSA Group shrugging it off up 2.54%. Very good. Uh, Standard Bank on the other side, that's down two. They're the one of the first ones that that basically came out this morning with a little bit of a comment after the back of the sob. It was actually guidance in inverted commas. They didn't tell them what to do. They are basically referring to the possibility that they might uh, – they might they request they hold their dividends for capital accuracy. But uh, bearing in mind, I mean, this doesn't, you know, a lot of the, the sort of full year nineteen the dividends the banks have redeclared, declared you know, Nedbank, Absa, those guys, it basically discourages them to pay. But I mean, first rounds already paid as interim dividend, and I suspect the other banks will do will do so themselves. Uh, I mean, Standard Bank out this morning saying they, I, mean, I quote, I read the quote here, they will consider the guidance and advise shareholders in due course. Hmm. Um, Look, I, I, I'm sure this is only a temporary measure. I see JP Morgan also uh, coming out last night saying they might possibly withhold their dividend too. Uh, I mean, it does. I mean, withholding or retaining a dividend certainly does strengthen a bank's balance sheets. There's no doubt about it. And so our banks traditionally pay quite big divvies. And it does make the system uh, over the long haul far more resilient. Um, but any excess capital that remains. After this crisis, I guess has to be redistributed back to shareholders. So I don't know. We watch the space, Lindsay. This is quite a for me. This is one of the bigger developments today, actually.
0: uh, It it really is. Yeah, this is a story that will run and run. And obviously, the banks are on the phone furiously now to um, Mm. the Reserve Bank and saying, "Well, what should we do? Um, Give us some guidance. And how should we communicate this? Because it's terribly important that they have some kind of communication as to um, the the South African economy." And and also stakeholders and, and shareholders. Everyone needs to know the top five major moves. If I refresh my screen, Nick Kunza, on this day. Mm, look uh, at
1: that, Cecil. Go, oh Yeah, we're going to go to
0: Cecil. Come to Cecil. Sassel Cecil up fourteen and a half percent to fifty three thirty nine. Eighteen
1: and a half on the real time feed. Fifty six Rand bid. Gosh, and it was what was the low? Just go go into your graph and let's have a look at uh, and, and weep. The low, 21.50. I think yeah. Oh, I think you're not far off. It was definitely, definitely twenty-one uh, The low was, uh, oh no, no, the low was on the twenty-third of March. It traded at twenty rand and seventy-seven cents.
0: Somebody sold at twenty seventy-seven, and they're looking at the screen now and listening to our podcast and saying it's now up eighteen percent to fifty-six. Rand per share. But on the other hand, other people that sold at uh, 500 many years ago are saying to themselves, maybe I'll start nibbling away <laughs> at these levels. Anyway, fantastic move. Sassel, the top mover of the day. Hammerson, up around about 11%. Sibania, still in water up 9%. Glencore up 8.2%. Northern Platinum up 7.6% on the downside. I've got Standard Bank, Nedcore, PSG, Absa, and First Rand, although these numbers are out of date because apparently they've turned around. Just give us the bottom five from your point of view.
1: Yeah, so the bond property fund, 6.1%. I must say, on, on the downside, the biggest loser is 36 On the upside, the biggest mover is 20%. So very limited down moves. But anyway, Amira Property Fund, down 3.61%. Uh, SA Corporate Real Estate, 357 which is an interesting one the property ones because uh, bond yields are significantly firmer with the stronger and. So that one's got me scratching my head a bit. Uh, Spa Group, down 1.91%. And Standard Bank, the only one to, I believe, respond, to the guidance and in inverted commas of the SAR, but that's down
0: 1.2%. Very good. Um, what else are we looking at today? Anything? Um, any any releases, yeah, or is, are we just market, at the mercy of the international markets?
1: I think we we're very much at the mercy to the coronavirus sentiment, if I can say that. I mean, I had a look at. I tried to find something to discuss on this morning's Zoom cast with Sunland this morning, and there is nothing on the economic front. The European diary is empty. Our local diary is quite uh, empty as well. Uh, over the U.S. this afternoon, we do have some, what they call the JOLT uh, survey. That's the um, Job Openings and t- Labor Turnover Survey, known as JOLTS. And also the Federal Reserve later on this afternoon, also due to release uh, some data for consumer credit for, for February. But otherwise, it's pretty thin. I imagine we will sort of ebb and flow to the uh, the tweets and the news of the coronavirus. But But so far, you'd have to say, market is very positive and looking through it, and we're waiting for Europe to open in, uh, in 30 minutes, but it looks pretty good so far.
0: Very good. Give us the JSE indices after 30 minutes of trading, please.
1: Okay, so after 30 minutes of trading on this Tuesday, day two in a row of up of this week, we are the all share breaking 1,000 points to the upside, 47,315 or 2.33% to the green. We have the top 40 up 925 points, 2.17% firm, 43,461. And drilling down to individual indices, there's very little in the red. Let me start with the red consumer non technicals only down negative point. Three So three bits down. On the upside, energy by the likes of Sassel, six point five four percent firmer. Consumer cyclical 3.8% up. Healthcare, 3.25%. Basic materials, diversified miners, all up between 2 and 3%. And financials, too. Only Standard Bank on the downside. But on the upside, with financials leading 2.76% on this Tuesday.
0: And let's just reiterate what's happening on the overseas markets. The s and just come off a little bit. It was up 2%. It's only up 1.5% mm. at the moment. But it's still twenty. 20- 2680. And if you go from 2680 to 2160, what is that? 520 points higher than its lows of mm, two and a half, three mm. weeks ago. 2160 to 2680. Just leave us with this thought your thought. Mm. Is this a dead cat well, bounce I mean, or are we going to come back again?
1: Well, twenty percent and north, which now officially we are now in a bull market, according to the uh, the, the stockbroker's almanac i more than a twenty percent up move um i don 't know if this is a dead cat, but there, there there appears to be a little bit of a base forming um you know normally one or two days up you you get a little bit skeptical, but I would say it was solid day yesterday. Solid day across the world, uh, solid day again today. If I say if we get one or two more days of this, we might be building a base. But as I said earlier on the conversation, Lindsay, it's, uh, we haven't seen U.S. earnings yet, and they might be a little bit of a sobering, uh, sobering thought when they come around. But for now, let's take this dinner on Tuesday. It's a good day.
0: Very good. Nick Kunza, thanks so much for your time this morning. That was the opening with Nick Kunza from Sandland Private Wealth, and he'll be back with David Shapiro at 5 o'clock for the 5 o'clock shadow.